Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Jakku Broadcast. I'm your host, Daniela. And I'm Melissa. This episode will be our discussion on the fact that there's apparently a new Star Wars movie in the works and our reaction to the Vanity Fair coverage. This podcast will mostly be spoiler free, but whenever we do talk about spoilers or anything regarding the leaks, we'll make sure to leave that at the end so that if you don't want to hear anything about spoilers or leaks or any speculation based on leaks, you'll be able to like go before we go away. Yeah. (laughs) So let's get to it. Okay. All right, so the first thing we wanted to talk about before we got into all the Vanity Fair chaos and fangirling, uh, we did want to just mention really quick, uh, just talk about the Knights of the Old Republic update that we got from um, BuzzFeed, that there's apparently a Knights of the Old Republic script being written by screenwriter Leda Calogridis. Now, I I probably butchered that, um, so I'm so sorry if I did. Um, but just a, a fact is that she's a, the second wom- the second woman to write a Star Wars movie script. Um, the first person was Lee Brackett, who received like a write a co writing credit for um, <clears throat> the Empire Strikes Back, um, which is super cool. Like about time we got like more women writers. Woohoo! Um, for Star Wars, seriously, and I mean, like Kathleen did mention that before, like in uh, the cele- like a celebration for celebration, she did mention something was in the works. So this is super awesome, um, and just like about the Knights of the Old Republic uh, game, um, if anyone hasn't played it, um, I actually have not played it, which I probably should now. Um, we need to watch walkthroughs on YouTube. We should totally watch walkthroughs, and we should give like <laughs> we should give like commentary, like oh. But anyway, different time. Um, so apparently in the Knights of the Old Republic game, the player um, kind of helps fight like an uprising against the Republic led by the villainous Darth Malak, a Sith Lord. Um, the player eventually joins forces with Bastilla Shan, a Jedi Knight, and actually one of the most revered women like characters in Star Wars in the extended universe. Um, we, we don't really know if those characters are going to be in the game or in the movie. There's nothing that has, there's no confirmation of that yet, but that's just what the game is about. Um, so that might give us some hints. Um, and the story has like Wookiees, droids, the Jedi Academy. And it, it takes place, it's supposed to apparently take place like thousands and thousands of years before um, like the OT and the PT, tril- the, the prequel trilogy and all that. Um, and it's supposed to show like the Jedi and the Sith, like in the big war. Um, so there's literally like so much material that can come out of this. Like there's gonna be so much lore to come out of this, and I'm so excited. Yeah, I feel like that's just gonna be a whole like gold mine for Star Wars. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was hoping that they would do. Um, I know that everybody thought that Benioff and Weiss's um trilogy was going to be um based on the Knights of the Old Republic because obviously Game of Thrones they have knights and Game of Thrones. Yeah, and, but I thought that. I, for some reason, I always thought that they wouldn't, they would kind of want to branch out just because, you know, if you're a creative and you're working on something for like nine years, you probably don't want to work in the same sandbox, even Pro- though it's yeah, Star Wars. So probably. it's a different sandbox, but it's like different themes. So we still don't know. Um, We still don't know if this is 
No, we for sure know that Benioff and Weiss, they're writing their own scripts. I believe that Disney wanted to give them time. That's why the December 16th, 2022 movie, that one's one's definitely their movie because Bob Iger um, confirmed it. But he didn't say anything else besides the fact that the next Star Wars movie would be the Benioff and Weiss movie. And yeah, so this is so exciting because this is something completely different from even the Ryan Johnson trilogy. So this could be its own trilogy. So, yeah. I mean, we don't know when this will come down the pipeline, but it's yeah, interesting we still, that they're... We, yeah, we still don't know like too much about what each person is going to do. Like Benioff, Benioff and Weiss. Um, <clears throat> Callow, Grittis, um, and Ryan Johnson. Like we still don't know, <clears throat> like what they're writing exactly. Like all we, I mean, we know like Callow Grittis got the uh, the Knights of the Old Republic, but apparently, like other than that, like Ryan Johnson and Benny Up and Weiss, like we don't really know what they're gonna do. And like you, like I also, I mean, I I did think that Benny Up and Weiss were gonna do the Knights of the Old Republic. And I think a lot of us did. Just because of the style, like, yeah, they had Game of Thrones, so that's kind of pretty much almost like the Knights of the Old Republic and just that medieval kind of old old style and lots of lore. So that was like the obvious choice for me. Like, oh, yeah, they're totally doing that. But now I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <clears throat> and with yeah, some of the ru- backlash with Game of Thrones, like, I have no idea now what they're going to do. I'm pretty sure that's kind of why they announced this whenever they did, because it's not been confirmed by Lucasfilm, of course, but there's definitely sources who were talking to BuzzFeed News, which is an actual news organization. It's different from the list of goals that BuzzFeed does and the quizzes. It's like a complete different thing. It's a different section of the BuzzFeed moniker, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they definitely had people from Lucasfilm telling them this. Probably. So I thought that this was this is probably in reaction to all the negative feedback from Game of Thrones and how everyone's so upset I about mean, what yeah. they've done to their favorite characters. I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, but something we still don't know too is is Revan gonna be in the movie too? Because he's like one of <laughs> the most like light like there he's really popular amongst the Knights of the Old Republic. I feel like he will definitely. I feel like Bastila, Sean, and Revan will probably be in the movie just because they're kind of the characters that people go to the most whenever they think about Knights of the Old Republic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know like Kylo, Kylo Ren has been based, well, the idea is that he's been based a lot off of Revan. So would they want to kind of show a character that's similar after that? Like, I don't know. But I mean, I think he'd be... Yeah, but we don't know when this will be coming. So people That's could have true. forgotten about Kylo Ren. Hopefully then. not. <laughs> I yeah, I don't think we can ever not. forget. We will never not, forget Kylo Ren. Forget our son, okay? It's my son. Yeah, our son. Um, Yeah, so Kathleen Kennedy had actually confirmed to MTV News that there was something with the Knights of the Old Republic um, in development. She told... um the josh guy from mtv news that yes we are developing something to look at right now i have no idea where things might fall so then she made sure to tell um kathleen told kathleen as if she's my friend kathleen (laughs) Kathleen told my friend kathy um no so kath kk yeah kathleen kennedy told entertainment weekly that they aren't just looking at the next three movies or the next few movies, but the, they're talking, they're looking at all different ways, like different 
places that they could go with the stories because there's so much after the skywalker trilogy there's literally they could just go anywhere they, they really we don't could. know so that's what's kind of scary it's kind of like going this is gonna sound dumb but literally where star wars will go post skywalker is kind of like them going into space we know we don't know <laughs> what's star we don't know wars what's out there guys space <laughs> <laughs> yes okay yeah but definitely this is so, so yes kathy said this during celebration um and I totally think you're right. Like, this is a good thing. I feel like it's a great place to go after the Skywalker saga. Because, like, obviously the Skywalker saga is super popular. Obviously, it's Star Wars. Huh? But second to that, or who knows, maybe even the first to that, like, Knights of the Old Republic is also, like, a huge, huge, like, part of the fandom. And everybody's, everybody, like, a lot of people love it. So that'd be a great place to segue into, like, right after the Skywalker saga. And then, but it could also be a scary thing to go into because I mean, these characters, yeah. people have one, people, people have like a lot, of, a lot of the casual fans don't know these characters. Yeah, I mean that's a good thing. Like, there's a lot of casual fans that don't know about it, but deep fans will probably be oh, like, yeah. "This isn't my Knights of the Old Republic." <laughs> oh no, let's sign this petition. But people are signing petitions for everything nowadays, so we'll just have to do. They'll just have to deal. I think Star Wars is a property that people will pretty much always be down for, even if they Take say my money. Star Wars has been ruined for me. But it's just like, as soon as people get off of the Skywalker story, they're going to be like, hmm, I'm interested to see how this will go because I don't know anything about this. So I'll just, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then my low key hope for down the line, like maybe in 10, 15 years is they can kind of go back to the Skywalker saga, you know? Yeah, we'll granted see. that some certain people live in episode nine, but that's off topic and we'll talk about that later. But yeah, that's the Knights of the Old Republic um project going on that we don't know much about yet, but I'm super, super excited that something is happening with that because I'm probably gonna Yeah, it's gonna be super excited and I'm gonna spend all the money. That's basically my whole spiel. <laughs> It's interesting that they've actually told us that this is a project that somebody's almost finished writing the screenplay for because they they have not mentioned anything about Ryan Johnson's trilogy besides the fact that, yes, he's definitely still working on it, although I don't think it's come from official sources, but I don't think anybody's shot it down that he's nobody said he's not working on it, you know? Because I think right now they're focusing on the Benioff and Weiss movies and the development. And we don't even know if they're getting more than one. Yeah, we really don't know. I think they were getting. confirmed. I think they were confirmed to be getting more movies. But given how Solo and Episode 9 almost fell apart, I think they're probably smart about their contract contracts nowadays where they're like conditional based on how, especially given how people aren't attached, people aren't going to be attached to the Benioff and Weiss movies. So they could definitely do something like a standalone movie yeah. and then drop off I mean, off from it depends that. what they're going to do, I think. What are they... Yeah, are and I don't at? think... And it depends if their movie ends in, this, in a cliffhanger. Yeah, well, they they did say that Ryan Johnson's working close with Benioff and Weiss. In what way? Like, we have no idea. We, I mean, I don't know. Telling them that themes are important <laughs> and they're not for book projects. Okay. Like, <laughs> let me not go off. Don't go there. If people no. go to your Twitter, they'll okay. get it, but not not here yet. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. 
All right, so now we're going to go ahead and move on to the second section, which will be the Vanity Fair coverage. And just reminding y'all, we're not going to spoil anything. We're not going to speculate based on any leaks. We're going to speculate just based on the the stuff that's been released. Yeah. Pictures only and what's been released. So don't worry about getting spoiled here besides anything in the Vanity Fair coverage because that's fair game. Okay, so where were you whenever you saw the vanity fair coverage and was it what you expected or at least the covers was that what you expected oh boy so i was what day was it monday right no tuesday no wednesday it was my birthday that's right <laughs> yes i did like say like it'd be great if they gave me this gift for my birthday and they did so obviously they heard me um so obviously you have to subscribe to vanity oh fair now gosh. maybe <laughs> um so my where was i I was just getting up, getting ready for work, and I went on my Twitter, just because that's what I do in the morning, and I only give myself half hour to get ready for work. I know that's like living dangerously, but that's how I, that's what it is. And I, <laughs> once I saw the notification that the Good Morning America was going to release something like within the next hour, then I was like, all productivity to get ready for work just died. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, how am I going to get ready for work and, like, wait for these leaks? So, somehow, I made it through. And then, like, right before I was walking out the door, I saw that the pictures got released. And I was freaking out because I did not expect these covers to look so pretty because I still remember the Last Jedi ones. And they were just, you know, in front of a background that they just set up, like some piece of cloth or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, some, like it's like one of the basement it's like a school picture. <laughs> school picture school pictures where they have the background yeah i mean they look nice i'm not saying they didn't look nice but i don't know i kind of expected more of like a background um so, yeah like an actual yeah. set and you know yeah but they probably didn't want to spoil anything imagine true. if the vanity fair covers had been in front of canto bite well no i mean they have <laughs> to have canto bite but maybe like have the bat the bat quote-unquote baddies like, act two or yeah, and the, or yeah, Octu. That was probably the only thing that had a background was Luke and Ray when they were on Octu. Oh yeah, yeah. But otherwise than that, like other than that, like they had what like Phasma, um, Kylo, and uh, what's his name, Hux. Like they were just in front of like a cloth piece of cloth. And I, I mean, they could have at least had it on the uh, like they could have been on the supremacy or something. Have some sort of like First Order background, maybe in the throne room. Like that would have been cool, but. <laughs> that's all right i i mean i was kind of expecting pictures like that that was my thinking yeah so when i saw these like super pretty oil painting like calendar style of like covers of my boy and ray and they're like so like their poses oh my god i mean okay i'm not i'm not gonna go into that yet we'll get into that later but i mean i was just shocked that they were so like picturesque i was not expecting that they were literal pictures. Yeah, they were literal, like, <laughs> no, like, photographs. I woke up to, I woke up to a text message saying, oh, oh, by the way, the Vanity Fair covers are out. And I was just like, yes, I actually woke up to That's that text. Great, so it's like, great. I was so excited and I saw it. And so I think we all thought that we were, we were, we were, we were definitely like thinking that it would be a Ray and Kylo cover. Or it would yeah. be maybe several covers. One of them will be Ray and Kylo. But I didn't. 
at first I was like, oh, they're by themselves. But then obviously as I read more speculation and I like looked at them and I was just like, oh, they're actually there together oh maybe. I didn't well, I don't know. That you could put them together and it'd be one picture. Like when I saw that, that somebody put that together, I oh, was yeah. like, what? Like I was freaking out. I Oh, yeah, I see yeah, it now. I, was, I think that's when I was actually at work at that point. Yeah, when people... And this this picture that we were looking at the picture that um, Joanna Robinson tweeted out where the Vanity Fair, Vanity Fair is um, obviously the two Vanity Fair covers are connected. And the, yeah, they basically they look like they're at one picture. That's interesting. Yeah. OK, so now that we're good with the our reactions, we're going to move on to discussing the cover and our analysis of the actual cover. So Joanna Robinson, who's a Vanity Fair senior writer, she actually tweeted out that there's actually a pretty clever hidden meaning behind our matching Kylo and Ray covers. And I'll be so curious to know if any of you figure it out before. And as you would expect, I think even before this tweet, Raylos were like, like the they're Raylo the emoji FBI with the. Uh, <laughs> They were the emoji with the detective. Yes. With the mic- ma- <laughs> the yeah, magnifying, magnifying glass. glass. Yes. And um, so as you can, if, if you're looking at the cover or if you like know how the covers look, you can tell that Kylo's cover, he's obviously wearing his uniform, his black His princely costume, outfit. Looking like a Byronic man <laughs> from the Wuthering Disney, Heights. Disney prince. Disney prince style. Oh, a brooding prince. Yes. Him and Jon Snow would get along. <laughs> the flowing <laughs> and then, cape. And then there's Ray. My little and Sandra. She has, my pretty Sandra. And she's in all white. She's wearing the costume that we saw from the Rise of Skywalker well, like, teaser trailer. In this cover, her clothes are actually look a little bit more dirty. I feel like. Yeah. Me. Where have you yeah. been, Ray? What have you been doing? What is she looking at? Look at her face. I mean, so basically, now we're just gonna go ahead and let's, analyze yeah, let's this just cover. Look at it visually. What do we see? Like, I'm just gonna, since we're talking about Ray, I'm just gonna see um, her clothes. Like I said, obviously look a lot dirtier than the trailer. I don't know if this is just like a vanity. No, I they're definitely dirtier. But um, I don't know if it's a Vanity Fair like. Effect. I wouldn't expect any <laughs> like of this to be job. like. For example, I, I wouldn't expect any of this to be, like, directly from the movie. Like, she didn't just walk off set with this costume. Or maybe she did, but I don't. I wouldn't I wouldn't analyze anything based on well, this, no. if you know what I yeah. mean. And, I mean, also, other than that, like, she does, she does not have her lightsaber with her. She has her staff, and she has Han's uh, blaster. blaster. Yeah. So, like, we do, we, like, Kylo doesn't have his lightsaber either. So that's I don't know what's going on. Um, also, her expression, and like we were talking a lot about this before. So her expression, what I I think I what I see in her expression is I think she seems like kind of hopeful. Um, she seems a little sad too, and unsure of herself. To me, like the obvious thing, like the obvious idea is that she's looking at Ben. And whether she's looking at Ben, like, directly or looking... Look at her eyes, though. She looks like she's looking up. Yeah. 
That's true. I mean, Ray has I, the high ground. What I expect <laughs> is, um, I expect that this is like a force bond kind of cover thing where it's like they're not right next to each other, obviously, but they're look. They could be looking at each other through yeah. a force bond. Well, and, and also we have I to mean, consider the lighting in the background too, because it seems like this is completely different times of day. Because Ray, it seems like there might be that's when the sun is rising, like in the morning. Like if we look at the light behind her on the mountains, like it looks like the sun is coming up almost. And then if we look at Kylo's, we see that everything's a little bit darker. Um, the sun and the shadows, the light where the light is directing, it's the complete opposite direction of Ray's. That yin yang symbolism, yo. It's true, and I don't know if this is either a different time of day. Or if they're just looking at each other, like if you stood them and you kind of faced them to each other, we don't know. Because then, then the lighting would match up. So we don't know. Yeah. So what I think or... is, I think that the background is purely symbolic. I think we can take these um, covers as like symbolic um, in nature where they're trying to represent the yin-yang stuff. So Kylo is... um He's obviously sunset and he's wearing dark clothes and Ray is like she's wearing light clothes and it's a sunrise. And then so that's one part of the cover. But then there's a cover where there's a part where they're like they're looking at something. And I think it's pretty easy to just infer that they're looking at each other because of, you know, the force connection. And why wouldn't they use that as like some symbolism or why wouldn't they use that for the cover? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not... Like, it's a clever way of having a Raylo cover without actually having a Raylo yeah, cover, if that makes sense. That's true. And I mean, I can also see the possibility that Ray's looking at Kylo's back. Like, I know that their eyes... Like, Ray's eye line doesn't really match up. Like, as if they're actually right next to each other? Well, like, that Ray is, like, a little, behind bit, him. Yeah, a little bit behind him. And somebody actually like mentioned um, in a comment, like, what if this is kind of like the the hidden meaning meaning is like uh, what Maz said um, that to Ray that the belonging you seek is not uh, behind you; it is ahead. And the fact that Ray is looking ahead, like towards Kylo, like it kind of means, yeah, it's Kylo. Um, I'm not sure about that. I mean, it, I think it'd be cool. That's a that's an interesting. Um... That's an interesting thing to think about, but I don't think they would like give away. I don't even think the Vanity Fair people are thinking about I like mean, every yeah, line like really we are. <laughs> also, like people were thinking, what if it means like darkness rises and light to meet it? I mean, yeah, that, exactly. Oh, hey, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, like that's that's a quote. That's exactly know? what it is. I mean, yin yang, yin yang. You know, um, somebody else also also mentioned like um. What if it, they're ti- the titles of each cover, each Star Wars title, you know, Kylo's is a little bit higher. Like the Star Wars title is actually like maybe at his torso there. And then Ray's is tor- like on, his, on her knees. Like, why did they do that? Like, I mean, I guess maybe for aesthetic purposes. But does it mean like, does it give the hint of who is the Skywalker in the Rise of Skywalker? Like, oh, you know, the Star I Wars. I mean, yeah. It's Kylo's body, so it's like it's rising, it's higher. I up. mean, yes, definitely. And this that. obviously means that Ray's going to die, right? No. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
I think there's so much, you know, I, I wonder if they're even going to ever tell us. Like, what is the hidden meaning? No, because this isn't meant to be a canon thing. It's well, just meant to be, yeah. like, symbolic in nature I mean, of the, what would, the movie is going to be. It would be nice for them to tell us what 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 what, the, what were they thinking when they made this these covers, you know? What is the meaning yeah. they're trying to give us? I think it's obviously the yin-yang. I don't think we need to, like, get official confirmation because it's so obvious, especially with all the symbolism and all the um, all the different aspects of, like, that's probably the it. sun yeah. and, and the <laughs> outfits. And, all and that's what Star Wars has been given us, yeah. like, through the whole so- story, so. And all us Raylo FBI's are, like, all these really deep metas, and they're like, um, it's just, like, opposites, guys. It's fine. That's just yin-yang. <laughs> It's not that deep. Two halves of the same protagonist. Okay, so moving on. Moving on. Now we're just going to go look through. We're just going to look through the um, photos of that Annie Leibovitz that she took. And we're just going to discuss what we find interesting about them. And, you know, um, if it can mean anything for the actual story. Because it might. So, all right. With that said... We're going to go ahead and look at the Ray and Kylo fighting picture. The one in the rain with all the water. They're wet. They're in the rain. It's heavily blue. And they're definitely on top of a ship. People have been saying that it might be um, the Palpatine Death Star. But I don't think I don't think we can mm. like read too much into this because this is not a still from the actual movie. It's some like the covers. This is symbolic to represent how their dynamic will play out on screen so i think what i thought was they might be on top of the millennium falcon so that was that would be cool first reaction like oh it looks like the falcon which i freaked out too because i thought that was that might have been it too but i think if we looked at the top of the millennium falcon a little bit more closely i don't think it matches up as well as like if it might be like the death star it might be the Death Star. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Or some sort of other transport ship. And um, I think we also have to remember that Annie Leibovitz was there, like, while they were filming. So this this could be in the movie. Or, you know, I kind of doubt that they just showered them all with rain just for the pictures. Um, but it's just, I yeah, we're not sure. We're not sure exactly if this exact picture is from the movie. It might be they might have been doing a scene with this in in the like at the moment like they were shooting some rain stuff maybe they are fighting but these exact poses I don't know like we don't know for sure how that works I think we could look at them as the the Force Awakens um, Vanity Fair pictures because obviously there's that one with Kylo in the um, he's in the um, He's in the snow. This was before. Was this before people knew yeah. that he was um, Han Solo's son? Yeah, this was released beforehand. Yeah, he was with two, like two snowtroopers in the snow. Yeah, I'm looking um, at it well, now. Me, like, uh, Star Killer, and that I mean that was never in the movie, but yeah. So know, I think that like that's kind of easily like the done same though. Thing. Like anybody can just at the time just and go at the and, and then there's the them. phasma. There's the phasma yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, like she's and she's on the set where the she's she's. She, I think she's on the set of Takodana. Oh, Takodana. Or maybe Jakku. I'm but, not sure. I don't remember. No, this is Takodana. 
I'm looking at it right okay. now. And I obviously I don't even think she was on in that scene. So I think that the Vanity Fair pictures, you can't read too much into it. But I think they're symbolic of what the movie's going to have. For example, there's even the one with um, with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul. And they're on, I think they're on Tatooine. Right. And so I think we can just look at them as representatives of the movie and just leave it at that. But yeah, I don't think they're actual on set, like while they're filming and taking pictures as they film. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like in the, the BTS footage of vanity fair like we did see no i mean they definitely were there but i think the pictures that they are releasing oh well, yeah mm-hmm. like unless they look like they're beat behind the scenes that i think that they're just posed for the the cover yeah or for the Maybe. spread i do think it's really interesting how if we like zoom in on their poses like it's not it doesn't exactly look like a fight like a fight between them it seems like there might be something else going on. Like people have speculated a lot online about what's going on. Like for example, some people were saying like it seems like maybe something was cut out or or edited from the middle. Like there's just like this space in between in the middle. Like there's some people were saying like well, it just seems like there's like like a large amount of space between them where you would assume like they'd be a little bit closer if they were fighting each other. And even their expressions don't look like they're fighting each other. Like Kylo looks a little, although maybe a little concerned. Like he's looking at Ray, and Ray looks a little bit like she's not even really looking at Kylo. She's seems like maybe she's a little stuck. Maybe she's, um, she's trying to like keep her balance, or uh, or maybe some people were saying like you know maybe it's Palpatine fighting them, and you know we just can't see him or something like that. But it doesn't look like a traditional fight between them like this shot at least yeah whenever i thought about the vanity fair covers and how could they could represent Raylo, i thought that it would just be like you know the pin the pin that was that came out that had ray and it was for the rise of skywalker it was a pin merch thing that they were hitting each other's lightsabers and it was like an x yeah sign you know what i mean i thought that it would be more like that but in this picture they're I don't think anything was edited out. I don't think anyone anything was there, but it definitely does. I I do agree that it does look like there there's something there. Like maybe the space is like symbolic for something, but it looks like they can't see what they're doing. Obviously because of all the rain. Yeah. But that, um, that merch that that uh, that pin, the enamel pin, actually resembles more of the art of the Skywalker art of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker like cover art for um um the uh the art book that they're gonna release like in december when uh ray's like putting her lightsaber down and kylo's on opposites and it looks like two different environments that actually resembles the pin a lot more which is pretty crazy and now we're just gonna look at the knights of ren picture which is a see like this is what i mean this is a behind the scenes picture because you can tell because jj is like looking as if he's like arranging something right you know what i mean and there's a crew yeah, so we finally got pictures of the Knights of Ren. Finally. Although, did we get them from the trailer? No, there were no... Well, hmm. Apparently. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll let's that let's in go second. into that in a second. <laughs> so there's a weapon that looks just like the Solo weapon. It's in the same shape as one of the bad... Or the one of the guards on 
Dryden Voss's first light, which is the yacht that they're on. And um, yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, Star Wars definitely reuse, reuses these designs. So I think that's cool, yeah, I mean, right? Well, it's just the question of whether this was recycled or does it have meaning? Like this Knight of Ren, is did he get this piece from the same place like Dryden Boss got this piece? You know, are they from the same place? Um, yeah, give us that movie, Lucasfilm. <laughs> and like, we just, I don't know. Like, does it, is it an Easter egg? Um, I mean, apparently, like, you know, there could be lots of Easter eggs in here for all we know. Um, but I think it's interesting to figure out. Like, I think, like, in that Dryden Voss picture, um, there's like a Mandalorian standing next to it. So, is this Knight of Ren, like, is his origins from Mandalore? Or is this like a thing? Like, I don't, what does that symbol even mean by itself? You know, we're not sure. But it's. I hope that one day we get a Knights of Ren book. They should. Like, maybe, like, yeah, uh, that that would be like perfect. I think they they're definitely gonna go into them because I think they're one of the, just based on these pictures, they look like they can be merchandised to oh, death. For sure, they can milk this cow so hard. They're one of those, even if they have like one line in the movie, I feel like this is one. <laughs> one these are one each. of these are the characters. They're like Bo- Boba Fett, basically. Yeah, and I mean, they could go into each character too. Like maybe each character has an origin and. Maybe explains how they became a Knight of Ren. Like, I'd be down for that. I'd I'd give them my money for that. Yeah, because we definitely don't have time for that in The Rise of Skywalker. No offense. Yeah, I mean... I kind of hope we get as little as possible from them. Considering how much them. we have to cover, I, yeah, I don't think we're... And how many new characters? Them. Yeah, I don't think. I'm sorry. I think Kylo's pretty much a silent human being in presence of other people, <laughs> even if they're supposed to be his disciples. Actually hitting on that point we were given confirmation that um kylo ren isn't actually the leader of the knights of ren um in their story on their article for the knights of ren um the intro the subheader it kind of it says alongside their one-time leader kylo ren so either i think between the year that's passed by from the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. I think it's safe to assume that maybe because he's the supreme leader now that he's not leading this group, or maybe they. Well, actually, we don't know. Actually, um, it could be anything. It could be that they don't follow him because they don't like him anymore. Maybe they have a new, they have a new leader, or maybe, um, or maybe he's just a supreme leader, so he doesn't have the time. He's <laughs> he like, sorry, bros. I don't have left his boys back. Sorry, bros. I have all this bureaucracy I have to deal That's with now. So why see ya. They're gonna be so mad at him, <laughs> and they're gonna go against him just because he left them in the dust. He went to go do paperwork <laughs> as a leader of the galaxy. Yeah, he got to go chill, and the Knights of Ren had to go actually do the dirty work. So when they come back, they're gonna be like, "Really? This is how it's gonna be." But we really don't. We don't know. They haven't told us anything about the Knights of Ren. Like, we just know that it was the only thing that we really know is that they exist. There's pictures of them and then the alongside their one time leader, Kylo Ren. So now that they're back, I mean, anything's possible, I guess. I mean, they did mention in the article that it wasn't directly Snoke who kind of seduced Kylo away into the dark side. At least, I think, when he was older. Um, it did 
And oh, really? Did mention that that was kind of the Knights of Ren's doing. And that's, I think that's super interesting because. So are they not Luke's students? We don't know. We really don't know. Like, there's been no confirmation. That's really confusing. So basically, Luke was just talking out of. Um, he just didn't know what actually happened, oh, did he? I mean, Whenever he said he took, he took a group of like students. six of my students. I don't know if he said six. I think he said like he took. He left with a handful or like a group of my students, but it's never. Yeah, a handful of my students, but they never, never said been anything. That it's the night. And I don't need. And obviously, I don't think I don't. But there was definitely students missing, though. Wasn't because I think Luke would have like looked through see the dead bodies. I mean, but if it would make sense if the Knights of Ren were like, oh, he's Darth. Maybe they found out that he's Darth Vader's um, grandson, so they were like, hey, you're our leader now. Let's bounce. <laughs> we'll. But that means that there's a handful of his of Luke's students that are just missing and and missing missing in action. I and, think. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me that they're not I the think students. There's still a lot of the story we don't know about. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, we still don't know completely what happened after. I mean, when Kylo was explaining his side of the story, he didn't exactly say what happened after he destroyed the temple. He left he didn't that say, out like, conveniently. Okay to get me in his ride, and you know, with his boys, the Knights of Ren, and we rode off, and you know, into the sunset, and he's, you know. Picked me up. And we kill these yeah, people, bro. Say, like, you know, uh, and by the way, on my way out, I slaughtered a couple people and destroyed. He wanted Ray to, he gave Ray the like most um, cleaned up Probably. version of that. He didn't he? want to tell her the gruesome facts, maybe. Or then again, like, some people yeah. We st- maybe maybe somebody knocked Kylo out, and I mean no, I don't I don't want to I don't know I feel like that's woobifying him too much, but um we we really don't know. That's basically what we're saying. I'm I mean, very confused as to the story. And speculated that Kylo was unconscious, and maybe like Snoke just wiped out a bunch of his students, and the, or the Knights of Ren did it. I think that would just be very convenient. Yeah. I mean. When it comes to like killing people, I think as long as I don't know who they are, that it's okay. Because in Star Wars, Anakin, like he kills a bunch of little Padawans and the younglings, not the Padawans. He kills a bunch of younglings and he's redeemed and we're supposed to accept that. And I mean, whether you do or not is up to you, but like that's what the story is telling us. You know what I mean? I mean... Who knows, though? I'm pretty sure they're going to go into it a little bit more about what happened. Before we go on to the Luke picture, um, I just want to mention that Vanity Fair had said that Kylo was, like, knocking out one of the Knights of Ren in the trailer. But then they retracted that statement and said it was a mistake. So we either it was a mistake, although I don't think it's a mistake because I'm going to be real. I trust these organizations to do fact checking and to actually get confirmation before they put stuff in but obviously we we yeah, don't they, know they literally obviously. said we can exclusively confirm that's what that was in their oh that was the wording yeah, like we can exclusively confirm that kylo is mowing down like a night of rain the a night of rent in the trailer like i think bobby Iger called I them the and was like not personally <laughs> not from somebody kathleen kennedy snipers came up when we're like hey 
about that sentence. Yeah, they they totally got sniped on that. I think that uh, Disney or Lucasfilm said, "Okay, no, 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 no. That's that is way too much. We cannot let that go on into the article." No. So yeah, they totally. I think they totally told them to take that out, or they just said, "Oh no, you're wrong. That's not true," but it is true. Yeah, I mean, I guess we won't know till December. Yeah, then we'll be like, uh huh. Yeah, we've been new. All right, so now we're just going to briefly go over the remaining pictures that we got from the shoot. And we have one of 3PO and um, BB-8. And here I want to mention that um, Anthony Daniels, he said that um, 3PO does something that surprises everybody in the movie, but he wouldn't say what. The direct quote was, he keeps his clothes on. It's not like he suddenly does this thing, but dot 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 so it could be anything i mean keep in mind that 3po is a storyteller of the movies from the beginning he's he's been there from the beginning he his memory was wiped yeah, right his memory was wiped along with r2 um after the third movie uh, conveniently maybe. after the third so movie he remembers <laughs> nothing of, of what happened supposedly, supposedly. Um, and, uh, there was another thing that Anthony Daniels, Anthony Daniels said, he kind of gave like a tidbit of something that he couldn't He gave the, he, he gave us the word he couldn't say, like he couldn't remember. It was something like emblem, emblem. common, common emblem. So, I mean, we don't know what that means. It could mean absolutely nothing. (laughs) And we're like, and it could be, yeah, it could just be something. it, It literally could just be something that he just didn't know how to pronounce. Or how he didn't remember how to say, or it's like that. Um, it's like how um, John Boyega, whenever him and Rose were having, whenever Finn and Rose were having the scene where they're talking about the power breaker or something, he said that he couldn't pronounce some really? certain <laughs> word because of his. He couldn't pronounce it because he was talking in an American accent and he couldn't oh. <laughs> say it. But yeah, I mean, who knows? I'm not gonna try to go into the. Common, common emblem, emblem. problem because it, it could be anything so i mean that's just a tidbit he said so who knows what he was really talking about so here we have carrie russell or we finally have her character in a non uh, leaked <laughs> non-leaked um material because i remember i think her i think her name was leaked as well wasn't uh, I don't it i think so. uh? maybe not her name but her costume was i think her costume was yeah it was so we have Carrie Russell, and we have confirmation on her name. Her name is Zori Bliss, and Vanity Fair reveals Carrie Russell as the masked scoundrel Zori Bliss, seen in the thief's quarter of the snow-dusted world of Kijimi. Yeah, I would say Kijimi. 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 Yeah. Yes. So that's interesting. I think her right. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, um, oh, sorry. I think her just by looking at her costume, her costume reminds me a lot of um, a Power Ranger. <laughs> other than a Power Ranger, that bounty hunter from Episode Two, um, the Changeling, the one who was uh, who Anakin and Obi Wan were trying to track down. I forgot her name. Yeah, but her costume kind of reminds me of that. Her costume is so nice. I like her helmet. Her helmet looks like a cycling helmet. 
Yeah, it does. <laughs> she does Iron Man <laughs> in between whatever her job is that she does. Yeah, I mean, Galactic Iron Man's. I think I can't wait till we get her comic series. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, for sure she's getting that. <laughs> but this like other world too, like this snowy planet, Kajimi. Kajimi. I don't even we don't even know if Ray or Kylo will be on this planet really. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean again, again, we don't really know what she's gonna do. Um, yeah, we don't know who they haven't told us anything. So, so I mean, it's just I guess all we could say is it's a cool costume. Yeah, I mean, I really like her costume. <laughs> okay, so next one that we're gonna look at is we finally get a picture of Richard E. Grant and our favorite hugs boy, Hux. General Hugs. So Richard E. Grant of Barbara Streisand fame. <laughs> I don't know if you were following the Oscar campaign where he was like, he's he and Barbara Streisand kind of had a nice, I guess, social media interaction. But Oh, I wasn't following it, no. <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. So we have Hux and Gen- his name is General Pride. And they're on the bridge of Kylo Ren's destroyer. Does this mean Kylo has his own star destroyer like Snoke's I mean, ship? probably. Oh, yeah. We love I power. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, see, we brought it up. We brought Kylo up in the Again. hugs thing. Wasn't General... Well, didn't Pride have like a longer name? Isn't he like... Allegiant. There was like the word allegiant. Yeah, he actually has like a longer name than that, which kind of gives you the impression that he's a different type of like officer, maybe. Because I believe somebody looked up the word allegiant or what it meant. Here's this article by Joanna Robinson, and it says Star Wars Richard E. Grant's villainous character, comma, revealed. So the Oscar nominee, the Oscar nominee promises to bring on screen menace and off screen glee as Allegiant General Pride. So I don't know the actual, I don't know the ranks of these characters. I like General. I don't know what Allegiant is. You know what I mean? Right. In the article that Joanna Robinson wrote, um. It says, General Hux's rank has stayed steady since the first appearance in The Force Awakens, but the meaning of Allegiant General is, for now, as puzzling to fans as the, the title Grand Moth must have been in 1977. So I don't think they specify anything. Right, no. And I mean... We're really getting bare bones promo, <laughs> and here we are. Okay, okay. So Allegiant means ad- adhering firmly and devotedly as to a person a cause or a duty constant faithful fast blah blah blah. so some people have been speculating like maybe once they heard that snoke died or murdered um maybe they wanted to bring in somebody who can kind of like investigate what happened maybe an allegiant is like just a really faithful officer to snoke or the first order something like that maybe that's that could be it. Some other people have said, well, it's obviously not true, but some people were speculating that he was Hux's father. And Hux killed his it, father. Well, not in, not directly, but yeah, indirectly. But I mean, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> he's he's dead. dead by Mr. Hux. Yeah, so it's he's not Mr. Hux. <laughs> 
senior and <laughs> Hux Jr. and senior. As, I feel like as soon as um, they revealed Palpatine was back, I was just like, I don't care about the First Order. Give me the, <laughs> the bad Order. guy. Give me the real bad guy. Who are the, who's the First Order? I just want Palps. Now we're moving on to the next photo, which is a really majestic looking photo majestic. of Finn and Janna. And they're on some horse creatures that are not the Fathers. They're the they're called Orbacks. I think oh, these pictures are magnificent. <laughs> they look like a calendar pick, like calendar picture. I think I think you can tell that I keep going back to these pictures <laughs> because I I'm just like hard eyes. Hard eyes. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they definitely look like these creatures look like a mix between horses and like warthogs. Like their heads are like warthogs yeah. on the horse's body. Oh, so pretty. I know. And Jana looks awesome. Like, I don't know who she is. Yeah, Jana is like, so I'm ready to. She's Katniss Everdeening it up. <laughs> she looks like she could be in a Marvel movie. Like one of the, uh, what is it called? Thor's World. Uh, I don't watch oh, Thor. I'm bad. sorry. <laughs> I've only watched Somebody's the first movie. Me. But yeah, she looks like she can be from like some one of the mythological worlds and she's fighting them bad guys. So, Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the other, one of the other mythological worlds, other than Star Wars. Yeah, and then Finn here. He's on his Han Solo pants, and oh, he looks so good. I just I can't say that enough. <laughs> I hope we get enough of him in this outfit because he looks fine. <laughs> Have you by chance looked at Jana's shoes? Oh yeah, what um, about them? I don't know. They just look like really cool, like Star Warsy. They look like Converse, (laughs) a mixture, a mixture of Converse and like sandals. They're I don't know sandals, Converse sandals. I don't know. know. But yeah, I think this is awesome. It's cool that they get like they're gonna get screen time together. Um, some people have like speculated that Jana might be like Lando's daughter, or like or that she's she's Finn's. Sister. Maybe that can all be connected in Finn is Lando's son too, so who knows? That'd be wild. Jana did you say Fana is Lando's no. son? I think you meant Finn. Think, yeah, yeah, but oh, you said Fana. Okay, I mean That's hilarious. <laughs> Fana, their ship name Fana. until it's debunked. Until they're, until they're really revealed as brother and sister. See, you got I re- some people wanted like a sibling reveal with Kylo and Ray. No, it's gonna be Finn and Jana. <laughs> That's going to be the sibling reveal. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're definitely getting another familial reveal in this movie. I don't know what, but I think I think it's coming. And I don't think, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the next picture. It's the one with the creatures, actually. Go ahead and... The Jordanian locals. Um, They are actually called like the Aki Aki, if I say that right. I think it's yeah, yeah, Aki Aki, the natives of the planet Pasana. We finally got confirmation of the sand planet's name in The Rise of Skywalker, Pasana. A lot of people thought this could either be like Jakku or Tatooine. And if we look at the background, it kind of looks like the same background from the trailer. So Ray and this assumingly Kylo in a TIE fighter, if that's actually him doing uh, driving it. Like they're Yeah, it's going to be on Pasana. Maybe. It would be cool if these people were like force sensitive people oh. that um if they're like cuz you know how Ray's doing the flippity flip. <laughs> yes. 
So it would be cool if these people had something to do with the Force and like getting they and I don't know what's going on in the Rise of Skywalker trailer, but I don't know if Rey and Kylo are both on the same planet. It would be interesting to see if they're both seeking out kind of like people or like they're definitely looking for something, I think. But I don't know. I guess it's all up in the air right now. I do but. love their outfits. Like they, they do seem really colorful and they seem like they have a lot of culture. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be real cool. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the world building that they do for this yeah. movie. Um, The next picture, yeah, the next picture we have is of in the Millennium Falcon uh, cockpit. It's the, the pilots. pilots. We have Chewie, uh, Poe, Lando, BB-8, and the new droid D.O. Um, I think it's so cool that they gave Lando his, his, his outfit from Solo. Like yeah it's like or his it's really heavy-handed actually like he literally changed nothing it's like how they did the dice in both the last jedi and in um in solo and now they're doing um his outfit in solo and in the rise of skywalker yeah so it kind of makes me wonder like how much time the trio will actually have together and how much time like Finn will be with Janna and Poe will be with Lando and Chewie. Yeah, I think there's so like I feel like it seems like there's an overwhelming amount that they have to get done. But I think we have to keep in perspective the fact that um a lot of the storytelling in The Last Jedi was pretty quick. Like I think the the moments between Ray going into the cave and then it being revealed that Kylo was there and her fighting Luke. I think that was all within 15 minutes. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Yeah, and I mean everybody kind of wanted more too. Yeah, so I mean I I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but um yeah, I I hope we get a scene with Lando and um Kylo cuz I think Lando is probably along with Leia the only people who are connected who have a connection to kylo that are left over so i I, that would be really cool especially given um the last shot how um we it's revealed that kylo calls baby kylo calls lando his uncle Uncle and how yeah and how lando wanted didn't lando give him a cape i think he gave him a blaster oh well he told leia that he was gonna like put one away for him, like in a safe, and write a note. A cape? No, a, a blaster. A blaster like for like for oh. the future, like when he gets older. And that might be cool, like they if he actually comes back and maybe gives Kylo the blaster, or we see Kylo like open a safe. Kylo a with a blaster? Yeah. Have we had Kylo no, with a blaster? We like you know how awesome that would be. Like it'd be so like like so, like it'll be very like, Han Solo. Like. That'd be so cool. I just want them to interact, please. Like, have Kylo oh, interact. Please. Have interact with his uncles, Chewie and Lando. Please. JJ, hear me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for the last last picture. Yes, this is the last picture. Um, We're just going to go over the Luke and R2 um, picture, which I think this is, I think it's fair game to say that this is the same exact scene from the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, where the Jedi t- Temple is being destroyed. Also, like, where's R two throughout all these? Yeah, things. <laughs> yeah, he, we haven't really seen him in any present time pictures. Yeah, we have no idea. I mean, I hope he's okay, moisturizing and sleeping and having a good life. Moisturizing. Yes. 
Okay. So for the Vanity Fair article, we're just going to break it down in um, what Adam has talked about with his regarding his character and then what um, Daisy has and then the things that Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams have um, talked about. So I'm going to go ahead and you can go ahead and st- if you could go ahead and start. Melissa, with Adam's a quote yeah. on his journey. Yeah, so in uh, the article of uh, the truth about, it's for Vanity Fair article, about the truth about Kylo Ren and Rey's connection, um, Adam was talking about Kylo's journey. Um, he was pointing out that, um, just a little bit about kind of Kylo's situation, like his background, a little bit of his like friendships with other people. He was kind of explaining how Kylo never got to go on this kind of like self-discovery, like this journey of self-discovery voyage, um, kind of in comparison to like Luke and Rey, who pretty much, you know, Rey's on her journey right now. Luke already did in the in the original trilogy, but Kylo never really got to do that. He kind of grew up in this like super, very pressurized environment of like the kind of family he was in like with the whole legacy and leia you have you have your mom is leia general leia princess leia and then you have general solo and han solo infamous smuggler scoundrel so there's a lot of pressure and expectations and he pretty much explained like how does somebody even form friendships out of that he says how do you form friendships out of that He goes on to say, like, how do you understand the weight of that? And if there's no one around guiding you or articulating things the right way, it can easily go awry. So basically, he's just telling you, like, you know, Kylo never had, like, that that guidance, that mentor to kind of steer him in the right direction. And in comparison, yeah, to Ray and Luke, who kind of did. I think that's kind of interesting because... From what I've seen from people who have um, analyzed Kylo's arc is that he's kind of in a stunted teen. He's a stunted teen who hasn't like grown up. I know he's meant to be 30 in, or 29 in the movies, but um, there's definitely uh, a lack of maturity when it comes to Kylo. Obviously, I think it's people obviously call him a whiny <laughs> baby, but I think I think Adam kind of portrays that in a sense whenever he's angry like his angry outbursts and stuff and i think he's he's representative of a teenager as ray is who was actually she's actually a teenager she or she was she's 19 but i think that kylo he just kind of stuck in the rest development where he didn't really have his mom obviously she sent him away because she wanted him to she wanted him to understand himself and like she wanted to save him so she thought that was the best way and then um her his dad like he didn't really connect with his dad because of the force the force kind of there was a rift between them even though they like loved each other obviously and then luke literally tried to murder him so <laughs> yeah i mean he really had nobody um even he had the bad up, influences like, yeah even growing up like in the novels uh like aftermath and bloodline like it basically says that Kylo pretty much grew up like alone. Like he just had these like kitchen droids, which, by the way, tried to kill him once. Yeah, and um, like he would, you know, be 
kind of left out and forgotten just because you know his dad is going off and doing his scoundrelly things and then um leia has to do her her political things and kylo's just kind of left alone and you know with the kid who has so much like force powers and you have so much like that you don't understand about yourself he has so many metachlorians so many metachlorians and nobody's telling him like what to do with them and then like you know somebody could easily steer him away and there we go somebody did um but yeah i totally get what he's saying what adam's saying that he had no chance to form friendships no chance to kind of have a normal childhood so kylo also talks about han and leia and he says having the two coolest parents and sometimes i'm sure it works amazingly and sometimes it might it just might not and then he also says if you were the product of two people two very strong personalities who seem to be almost more committed to a cause than anything else what's that like he says ben solo is born of privilege yes but also tremendous pressure driver likens the skywalker solos to a royal family and notes the isolating power of being born with those spectacular gifts so basically he's like poor me i'm no i'm just kidding no (laughs) (laughs) you were about to slap me through the internet no i think i think i think that that's a really good point like in the to I think that's really good to point out of Adam, like the fact that he had so much pressure. And I think it's completely the opposite of Ray and Finn, who had, well, just Ray, who has no pressure to do. She she seeks a family, but she doesn't really have the pressure of having a legacy. Yeah, there's and, nothing expected of her from other people. Well, now there is, but there wasn't well, at the is, beginning. And Kylo has... I mean, whether that's internalized or that comes from his parents, I don't think that him, Han and Leia were around enough to pressure him into like being a certain way. But I think whenever you have a legacy, you kind of you're like, oh, my you're kind of under the the weight of it. You know what I mean? Right. No, yeah. Or your family has a legacy. And if the Skywalker solos are ba- or the Skywalkers are basically demigods of the galaxy. And they have so, they have like the mighty Skywalker blood. So there is a lot of pressure for Kylo to be a certain way. So it kind of makes sense that he kind of did the opposite of what they wanted or what they would have expected. Yeah. And when the whole like Vader thing came out about Leia, that she was his daughter, like imagine all of a sudden people like at the Jedi Academy that you're at, like now all of a sudden all the kids look at you as the bad guy or that you're like descended of evil, you know? So it could be hard, you know, you have like no friends now. And when you have all that pressure of being something or not being a something like don't be better or very people being afraid that you will. He doesn't have a solid structure in his life. Yeah, and then, you know, when Han and Leia kind of ship him off to Luke because they think that'll help, you know, that just makes everything kind of worse because they didn't really, you know, they expected Luke to kind of be able to relate to him because, you know, he's Force-sensitive. He kind of had some sort of training. So they thought, you know, this is perfect. You know, just take him to Luke. He'll take care of it, whatever. So, but Luke doesn't really do that that well, (laughs) obviously, because considering what happened, um Luke kind of I think with everything that he's been afraid of uh just kind of 
is afraid of Kylo, like of Ben. He sees something in him that reminds him of Vader and his own fears and just takes that kind of personally, I think, and kind of sees it in himself to fix that. And I think the method that he tried to, at first, you know, his first thoughts to fix that would be to kill him. <laughs> and, but, you know, granted that was like a second of a thought, I think that was still very damaging because obviously Kylo woke up and that's when everything went downhill. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think exactly. Yeah, basically. I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> Great, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're now that um we've talked about his journey and his relationship with his parents and his legacy. We're going to go ahead and move on to what he said about Rey and Kylo. So Adam goes on to discuss the end of The Last Jedi and he says, And then he had been forging this maybe bond with Rey. And it kind of ends with the question in the air. Is he going to pursue that relationship? Or when the door of her ship goes up, does that also close that camaraderie that they were maybe forming? I like how he keeps on saying maybe, as if I don't want to give too much away. It's all maybe. It's all speculative. I don't know. I may be in this movie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he does. So then Vanity Fair straight up asks him if the relationship with Ray is a friendship or a romance. They basically said, this is what the article has. Will Kylo and Ray, or will Kylo Ren and Ray reforge their connection? And if they do, Will it be love or simply friendship that unites them? And then Adam, he kind of confirms Raylo with this, but he says, I don't think it's any one thing. The strength in what Ryan Johnson wrote and what J.J. Abrams wrote is it's never one thing. Oh, so you mean she's his best friend and his wifey? I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I think, I think. Adam is just really scared of giving anything away. He doesn't want to get sniped. Um, But yeah, I mean, Adam's an intellectual. He knows what he's saying. I think it's funny that Adam keeps on calling it a maybe bond whenever um, sources literally confirm to Vanity Fair that their their force bond was going to be stronger than ever, right? They said it's going to be like deeper than ever, which was more than we previously thought. So that kind of I don't know. That's insane. That's what I don't know. Mean? <laughs> I I'm not sure. And then so moving on from Adam, Daisy also gave quotes about Ray's journey and um her relationship with Kylo. If you wanted to go ahead and read her um quote that she has on how she views the Force powers. Yeah. So basically, Daisy kind of talked about um the potential of like um force powers and like uh just how she kind of sees or how she does it when there's force powers in her scene like how she kind of visualizes it so she says she says i literally visualize it when i was lifting rocks i was visualizing the rocks moving and then i was like oh my god i made it happen uh and obviously there's loads of rocks on strings so no i didn't but i visualize (laughs) that it's really going on and that's from the last jedi um so those i think were, that's funny yeah those were real rocks and she really tried to imagine moving them which is super cute so daisy uh kind of talks about her relationships her daisy and oscar talk about the resistance relationships between each other um like finn and poe 
are both kind of like options of support for Rey um, as she kind of tries to build something new out of the ashes for her first attempt to reach Kylo Ren. Um, and, he, and then Oscar Isaac goes on to say about his character um, that it's not just about one person. Um, his, his character deals with the strain of leadership and heroism in The Rise of Skywalker. And he goes on to say like it's about reaching out to his family and particularly he says this particularly finn is his family which i think is so cute like he mentions that finn is his family bros for life bros bros romance what's it called bromance <laughs> yeah yes bromance gal pals could be more could be finn poe but who knows so another thing that's super interesting that i thought was a really key tidbit that Daisy added in, which kind of disproves some of the spec of some people. That Daisy mentions that, yeah, Ray is also part of that like resistance relationship with like Finn and Poe, but it's actually she's kind of kept apart a bit due to her force sensitivity. So, aka, she means, yeah, she sees them as part of her family, but she still kind of feels like this divide or the separation because they're not sensitive and she is. So there's this whole other dimension that's non-existent. Like they're, they don't, they can't, they can't relate to her totally at just like her and Carlo wink, wink. Uh, yeah. I think that's a really good tidbit that she threw in there that I love that she's, I love that she said that. Yeah. She also goes on to say, it's a bit lonely having that much on one's shoulders. And she's talking about how since she has, she's force sensitive, obviously there's a lot of pressure on Ray, um, I guess, to win the fight versus the First Order. Yeah. Yeah. And like she she's pretty much seen as like she is like, quote, unquote, the last Jedi. So everyone's looking to her to be this person that she doesn't know how to be. You know, she never got formal training <laughs> um daisy and i think it's interesting because the person that ray's fighting is literally someone that she found the same kind of solitude in yeah like while ray is lonely because she's isolated due to her force powers and she's been isolated her whole life because of where she lived um kylo he was also isolated because of where he lived and what he was and obviously he's also the only jedi in the first order right unless the knights of ren are but we don't know about that yet right and literally ben slash kylo he's the only one in ray's life at this moment who's like still alive and can talk to her and He's the only one who can fully understand the pressure that she's under right now. And all of her past experiences with loneliness and her childhood, like, he's the only one who can actually sympathize with her and say, yes, I dealt with the same thing. And really, like, the only person who can she can find this type of belonging with is Ben. Like, I'm sorry, that's just, that's just facts. <laughs> I think this is obviously before the Rise of Skywalker. I mean, I think they were interviewed during Celebration, but um, I find it super interesting that nobody mentions Palpatine. And it kind of invokes the um, narrative that the interviewer didn't know about Palpatine. Well, 
or it could be that they just didn't give him any room to ask about it you know like yeah they were just like don't ask <laughs> or they they just you know since this was asked i think during celebration I don't know if this was asked before the trailer came out. I or think afterwards. they said that they watched the trailer the day before at the their hotel and then they had dinner. So it could have been around then because then the next day they left. So or the same day they left. Well, so um, you mean like the journalists saw the trailer? No, I mean, I don't know if the journalists did, but I know that the cast all watched it in the hotel before the movie. Right. The- well, I'm, I'm saying like, I wonder if the journalist saw the trailer before he asked these questions. Given that, you know, that's crazy, but I don't, I don't know. We don't know because also he never mentions anything about, so I think he briefly mentions that Kylo is the supreme leader, but nothing else is mentioned about Kylo as the supreme leader. So there's a lot of stuff regarding the bad guys that isn't really talked about. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll have to find out. Uh, yeah. And then Daisy also talks about, this is actually something that I really wanted to talk about because she talks about how Ray is less inclined to believe that Kylo is potentially that Kylo could potentially redeem himself. And she's talking about like the beginning of the arc yeah, of the Rise of Skywalker. And she also says that on her views, Ray, she's looking, Daisy's talking about Kylo and how his, he has all this like family. And from Ray's perspective, Daisy says that, she's basically like dude you fucking had it all you had it all you had it all and you let it go and i think these are like really interesting things to talk about based on the fact of the the reaction actually towards these two things which i feel that a lot of people think that it's daisy attacking kylo or daisy attacking adam which that's not how this works do they really say she's attacking adam I think they're kind of like saying that she's disrespecting oh Adam God. because she's not looking at things through his lens. Because you know how Adam is kind of more understanding of Kylo? Yeah. Yeah, and I think she's talking about the way she that Ray saw Kylo right at the end of the the last Jedi where she's so disappointed, she's so sad, and she closes the door. Why else would she say something why why would she say something positive about Kylo at this moment? She's not going to give out any spoilers at all. Or she's not going to give anybody an inch to speculate on anything that could happen in the Rise of Skywalker. No, well, yeah, and she's she's just giving, like, Ray's perspective at that moment. Like, of course. Yeah, like, right from the beginning of the movie, like, probably zero, 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 like, in terms of zero minutes, zero, zero hours, yeah, zero minutes, like zero seconds. Like, of course, Ray's not going to understand, like, why Kylo just let it all go because she doesn't know his whole background you know she doesn't know she just yeah she doesn't, she doesn't know about snoke like controlling him since the womb he, she doesn't know like all of his deepest like feelings about towards his family or his parents i mean he did mention some stuff but he never went into it that deeply so she doesn't understand she doesn't have the context for it so of course she's gonna be angry yeah and she's not gonna be like oh yeah ray does eventually learned to understand kylo's broken soul and i mean she tried and he was like no i'm i want power and that's the conflict if they had if if daisy had been answering questions like oh yeah they're so in love the only question is will the resistance and the first order accept their love 
no, that would give us a bad hint that something bad was going to yeah, happen. The fact that she mentioned that in the beginning, Ray is less inclined that he could be redeemed. That pretty much just tells you he's going to be redeemed because you don't start a movie like with him like already redeemed. Like, there's a change that's going to happen. And you don't start a movie with a character thinking the same thing as she thought in the f- end of the yeah, movie. Actually, as- yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Ray never changed her idea. This is this is a static kind con- like idea. Like she never changed her. her she just wants to chop that yeah. head off. <laughs> yeah, no, she Daisy totally just gave a spoiler for the whole movie that this is the, yeah Ray's never gonna change her mind about Kylo. He's gone forever. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. So, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with Ray and Kylo? Um, other than they're going to be canon, <laughs> I think it's really it's a good sign that they're starting off the um. So the Rise of Skywalker trailer had a whole minute of Ray and Kylo, and then the cover of the Rise of Skywalker is obviously Ray and Kylo, and then the Vanity Fair stuff is Ray and Kylo. I think that's a good sign for what's to come. So now we're going to go on and talk about J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy's Vanity Fair quotes, some that we found interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and read out what J.J. Abrams said about Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi. So he said, Having seen what Ryan did made me approach this from a place of instinct and gut. I was making choices I knew I would not have made on Seven, some story-wise, but more in terms of directing. I found myself feeling less like I'm going to try and do something that feels like it's only true to the specifics of this franchise or the story. So what do you think about this quote? Um, Well, I think it kind of gives, like, a lot of people out there, like, again, with the whole Ryan Johnson thing, they're, everyone, some people are thinking, like, oh, the people who hated, like, TLJ, they're thinking, oh, well, JJ's going to save us from what Ryan ruined Johnson did in TLJ. <laughs> yeah, serious, they call him. And um, obviously, <laughs> Ryan Ruin, Ruin Johnson, Johnson, or like they just call him like Ruin Johnson. I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, it's it's one of those. But uh, yeah, like they they're literally thinking that JJ totally does not like the Last Jedi, but he just doesn't say it because, of course, that would like ruin their little Disney thing. But uh, <laughs> this quote, like. And even then, even if they did hear this quote from JJ, they're going to be like, oh, well, he's just saying that. But aside from that, that thought, you know, this kind of just shows you, like, Ryan kind of inspired JJ to kind of go beyond just the small Star Wars box that, you know, you're expected or some people are expected to make, you know, the Star Wars style. But, you know, if nobody expands on what that could be, Star Wars is never going to be that interesting. You know, to kind of go beyond what, you know, you would expect and to make something new and different. And I think Ryan kind of inspired JJ to do that. Um, and he's not going to go and retcon JJ or not retcon Ryan because uh, it seems like he really loved. He liked a lot of what Ryan Ryan did and that kind of um, what ruined did what ruined did because he ruined it. <laughs> And, um, you know, I think what we can say is after the Rise of Skywalker, you know, if we all really like it, I think we will have to kind of, you know, credit Ryan. Like, yeah, he kind of, you know, had what he did with TLJ. He kind of inspired JJ to do some cool things. So, you know, some of y'all out there 
I want to hear if you liked the Rise of Skywalker and didn't like Last Jedi, you're gonna have to credit Ryan for that. <laughs> I'm gonna wait. Yeah, it's all I'll Ryan. Be waiting on that. Catch me out here in these streets. No, I, I think I think people will look at um the Last Jedi differently once the Rise of Skywalker Probably. comes out because you have to re. You have like kind of how whenever the last Jedi came out, you had to look at the Force Awakens differently. I think that's obviously going to happen for all all the movies. But now that we, whenever we have the complete story, I think everybody will will not. I don't think not everybody everyone. will be okay with the story, but I think I think people will understand what they were trying to do because they repeatedly say that they had a plan. Adam says that there was a very definitive plan and it wasn't like yeah. blurry at all. What Adam said, I don't have the direct quote, but Adam driver he spoke about how he he always knew where his character was going he said that he knew from the jump that the only thing that they didn't know was the specific details the little details but they knew that where the journey was going and i don't think that that's only exclusive for the skywalker the story i think that's probably it's also for ray yeah and and maybe poe's journey was different but i think finn ray and poe pretty much or Ray, Finn, and Kylo all had the same. Um, well, they had plot points that they yeah, wanted and I to mean, hit with and them. And consider like who Adam is, like the type of actor that he is. Like he's not the type of actor to just take any like story or movie and just do it. Like he really cares about. And the why story. would he lie? Yeah. Like why would he lie? He wouldn't lie, and he's been saying this for like even before the Force, of, the Last Jedi, that they had an it's they have a, a they have yeah, a plan, but. Apparently nobody realizes that. <laughs> All right. And then J.J. Abrams also said, so the idea of the movie is kind of how I felt going into the movie as a filmmaker. So I guess he's like giving the thesis of the movie. He says, which is to say that I've inherited all this stuff, great stuff and good wisdom. So the heroes of the story will inherit good wisdom and great stuff. And the good and the bad and it's all coming to this end. And the question is, do we have it? Do we have what it takes to succeed? And this is kind of the same question that he asked in the during the celebration panel, right? Where he says that the good and bad guys will have to face this ultimate evil. And will they be able to... Yeah, are they ready? Yeah, he said that the darkness... That the dark side and the light side will have to come together and defeat the ultimate evil. And I mean, that's pretty much telling you, like, yeah, Kylo represents the dark side, Rey represents the light side. That's pretty much saying that they're going to come together and defeat Palps. Or try to defeat him. Palpy. Or, yeah, we don't know how that outcome is yeah. ends up. So now I'm just going to go ahead and talk about this um, section where Kathleen Kennedy talks about how audience perceive evil um, how they perceived it in the 70s when they got the original trilogy versus now. Um, so Kathleen Kennedy, this is a direct quote. She says, there's a loss of innocence, a sense of innocence that existed in the 70s that I don't think to any extent exists today. And then she goes on to say, I think that has to permeate the storytelling and the reaction to the stories and how they're set up. It has to feel differently because we're different. And then she says, Evil needs to feel and look very real. And what that means today may not be as black and white as it might have been in 1977, coming off a kind of World War II sensibility. So while I really don't want to get into the like discussion of like how, e 
how like I don't want to compare the evil in Star Wars to the real world evil because for me I like to think of Star Wars in kind of grandiose terms where it's you know obviously Star Wars is a mythology so it's not supposed to be taken literally but I at the same time I do appreciate that they're thinking of how audiences now are going to perceive these types of evil and how they looked at them how it's different from how they looked at it in yeah. the 70s you know what i mean no, i think that's true i think which what, what kathy's saying i think that in the 70s you know back then this the idea of evil is, was a little bit more like what she said black and white just straight up you know no gray no complexity it's just bad bad or good you're on the good side or you're on the bad side dark and light that's it yeah, and I think that um, considering today's world, not everyone thinks that way anymore. Uh, and I think that kind of, you can kind of see that when in what they made of Kylo. You know, he's not this straight-up villain. He's not this beard-stroking, you know, r- hand-rubbing like person who sits on a throne and, like, you know, contemplating how he could be more evil today than yesterday. You know, he's complex you know there obviously kylo is not what we, what we think of now you know he's not the main villain right now anymore but in our first idea of him as the villain um he, yeah i don't think he will get any more evil than he was in the force awakens no, whenever but, he ordered the whole right. village to be massacred no and or killed his father yeah <laughs> um but you know the idea that we have now of evil is a lot more gray there's it's more complex the villains in this day and age that we're getting, even in different, you know, movies and stuff, I'm not going to get into all that, but basically you could see that these quote-unquote villains, though, they don't have this, you know, black and white story anymore. Like, they actually have issues, and they're complex, they're diving into them, they're seeing why they became this way. So, I think it's interesting that Star Wars isn't, while they're a mythology, and they don't have to immediately... I mean, myth, it's responding to the world that we live in now, but it's not, like, completely. It's not a one-to-one comparison is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I'm, like, you know, I'm glad Kathy recognizes this and recognizes that there needs to be a change. And she's kind of, you know, with these stories. She can't tell the same story that she told in... Right. Or they can't tell the same story that they told in the 70s or in the even in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I like this quote. I like that she said this. So I think that pretty much wraps up the um, Vanity Fair coverage. Um, I think we're done with it, the non-spoilery or speculation portion of it. And and if you're tuning out now because you don't want to be spoiled, you can follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Jakku Broadcast or jakubroadcast.tumblr.com. And uh, make sure you let us know um, how you felt about this episode and what we can do to improve and stuff. We also have jackubroadcast at gmail.com if you want to contact us. And we'd really appreciate it. All the feedback we can get because we're pretty new at this. We're so babies. Um, we're, the, we're, fe- we're babies. Yeah. We're still learning. Yeah. So any feedback, as long as it's not mean, please. Be nice about it. Please do some constructive criticism. You can be constructive, but yeah. But we would really appreciate feedback. So if you don't want to um, listen to any speculation based on leaks or... Um, actual spoilers um you can tune in you can tune out now and we'll see you next episode thank you
now that they're gone, we're going to go over the AMA and the in the specific Vanity Fair video that they gave or that they put out. Yeah, but we're going to we're going to get into the uh, the Reddit AMA, the question and answer. Did you want to read the first um, AMA question? Yeah. So in the Reddit, um, one of the first questions was, so is Matt Smith in this movie or not? And um, that's something I still wonder about. But yeah, the, the answer from Vanity Fair was, this was almost literally my first question for the people at Disney. And I never got an answer. So I think even Matt Smith said he wasn't in the movie. But it was like reported by Variety or the Hollywood Reporter, so you can pretty much assume that he he is in the movie. Yeah, I mean the fact that he's not the the fact that he's not saying anything about this. I mean, he pretty much just I think he just has no comment now. But the fact that they're they're saying like, oh yeah, he's not in this movie actually anymore or never was that kind of tells you something. Um, and also like the casting lists. Or the cast listing in the like the international um description. Yeah, they messed up there. There's he's still in that like description. Like I don't know if that's just like a mistake. I think that was a mistake. I don't think Disney was trying to reveal that. Yeah. Especially if they're keeping such a tight lip on it. Yeah. I mean, they're the fact that they are tight lipped about it kind of tells you like he probably is in this movie. And I mean yeah. the whole like the spec on him at the moment is that I think it was also given by making star wars aka jason ward was his leak was that matt smith might be like this dark side acolyte who gets possessed by palps and it's pretty much like his vessel or his body for at the moment doing what he wants to do um and obviously we don't know if that's like an accurate well i mean i think he has connections with bad robot but we I don't mean, know he has so i mean take everything with a yeah take it with a grain of salt but i mean take it with a crate of salt. i mean anything any type of spoiler we're just gonna take it with a crate none of this is like official no, so it's fun to talk about all right so he also goes on to ask if somebody goes on to ask if kylo will live at the, at the end of the movie and he says that he thinks that he will um because we have yet to see someone return from the dark side and live to tell the tale. That's what we've been preaching and saying and <laughs> preaching and saying this whole time. But people think it's going to be a repeat of the Vader redemption where he dies. But I don't think so. I think Kylo's too good looking to <laughs> you just can't die. kill a hot guy like that. Um, but I mean, like some of the leaks have said, you know, that there have been sources that said that he does make some sort of sacrifice at the end. And that Ray might do something to bring him back. But there's not a lot of context for that. And there's not a lot of, of a description of how and does he come back. But there is like sort of leaks that say. The name of the title, title is Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Which pretty much for me at least it gives a lot of Christian, um, you know, Christian vibes of, you know, Easter. They released it around Easter and yeah birth yeah i know what you mean and i think my opinion he is gonna sacrifice himself and then um live live. yeah and i think ray's gonna have a hand in how he comes back and we what we've been saying is that um it's a good circle 
a full circle moment because obviously obviously Anakin fell because he was trying to sell save Padme because he was being selfish and it would be like a kind of a great thing to see Kylo come back because Rey was being selfless. Yes. With her um you know I what stand. I mean? Yes. Yeah. So someone goes on to ask if Mark Hamill is a force ghost in the movie, if it can be confirmed or if it's just a flashback or yeah, they're talking about the picture for the Rise of Skywalker Vanity Fair spread. And what the author said is, believe it or not, I have nothing. And I couldn't ask Hamill because he wasn't talking the press. I know the same amount you do. He definitely doesn't like the he definitely doesn't look like a force ghost. My working theory is that this is a flashback of the Kylo Ren disaster, but that theory is based on absolutely nothing but the picture. So that's basically what we have already said. Yeah, I think it's interesting how Mark Hamill's not talking to the press. Yeah, I think he's probably... I don't know if he's, like, done talking to the press. I don't know if it's just because he hates the press now or if it's just because they're like, don't talk. Yeah. But I think it's probably because it's probably don't talk. I mean. If he's like a force ghost or if he's going to be in a flashback, like what could he even answer to any of these questions that won't be spoilery? Nothing. He's like, yeah, we're going to figure out what went down in the in the disaster at the Luke Academy. Yeah. Okay. so um, somebody goes on to ask if there were any insights of Kathleen Kennedy that you didn't publish in the article, but you were you feel were pretty interesting. Thanks. Kennedy Kennedy talked about how when they first got together to talk about planning the new trilogy, they were a bit stuck until J.J. Abrams stood up and said, how do we want it to feel? Let's just put that up on a whiteboard. And I asked her what they wrote on the whiteboard. And she said a lot of things. But the word that really stuck out was delightful. Yes. Now tell me, is Kylo Ren dying at the end is that delightful okay well you know what to some people that actually might be delightful but i think to a large amount of us that would not i don't think to a businesswoman like kathleen kennedy that killing off her most marketable character in this whole most marketable character and it's not just because he's kylo ren it's because he's a skywalker yeah the skywalker name carries so much in marketing and business wise it's crazy it's like jedi the word jedi and skywalker are very they are very intertwined with entwined with um american culture or just western culture people who are into star wars everybody knows the name skywalker everyone knows jedi even if you don't know anything about star wars yeah so i think I think delightful in terms of, hey, we're finally giving them a happy ending. I think that's my interpretation and of that. not to mention that mostly like every character, every actor in this film have said that this is going to end in a satisfying way. So like, you know how many times they've said satisfying? Like, I could probably be rich right now if, the, but if I had a dollar for each time they said that. But I mean, come on, guys. There's no other way to end this in a satisfying way than what we're all thinking. And then someone goes on to ask about the script writing process, if there was any um, insights on that, and they reveal that there isn't any insights. And that's interesting because J.J. Abrams has talked somewhat about the screenwriting process, but Chris Terrio is pretty much MIA. Like, we don't know anything about him besides the fact that he wrote 
Batman vs. Superman. And he also um, won an Oscar for Argo. But besides that, we don't know anything of like we don't know his connection to Star Wars. We don't know anything. So that's I can't wait till they finally like tell us because I feel like he's like hidden in a room somewhere and told not to talk. All right. So the next question somebody asks is if they if they know anything about the issue of Kylo and Rey's water fight and if they will indeed join forces at one point. Um, so then they replied. Uh, I got no specific detail info about that. It is hard to overstate how close to the vest everybody kept in interviews. I got a strong sense that this movie goes deeper into the Kylo Ray dyad, but that's all about I all I can say. Um, you mean there may be force there bond? There may be force bond. <laughs> there may be. Adam did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think this is super interesting to note because obviously, like, no, like, there's some people out there that just didn't ex- like didn't don't expect the bond to go any deeper. Like, they think that once Ray closed closed the door, that was it. She's never gonna open it again. You know what? I think everybody immediately changed their mind whenever they saw the trailer, the the Rise of Skywalker oh, yeah. teaser trailer. There was a whole tonal shift. Yeah, in the marketing and in the fandom, I think everybody was more accepting of Kylo and Ray. Like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a thing. Or maybe not like people don't expect it to be romantic, but people definitely expect that to continue. Like, I don't think there anybody's speculating that there's not going to be a force bond anymore. Yeah, because once the whole TIE fighter scene came up and the flip scene came up, everyone kind of came to the conclusion that they're working together. Is that Hux? Is that <laughs> Poe on that? This totally no, I'm just kidding. Poe. No, I'm just making fun of the fact that whenever the the right the last Jedi trailer came out, people thought that that was Hux's mm, hand. Sure. But whatever. All right. So, um, yeah, I think that's that on that question. Let's see. So the next question somebody brings up: Were there any assumptions or ideas about Episode Nine? you had before you did the story that changed after you wrote it and if so what were they Uh, be vague if needed so then they replied this is very vague but one of my assumptions going in was that finn and poe were going to be really central to the story and to my reporting and i will say that they didn't come up nearly as much as expected definitely not as much as kylo and ray what that means i do not know I also assumed that I would get to meet Matt Smith, but no. Um, <laughs> I, I love how he's like a Matt Smith fanboy. He <laughs> seems like Matt Smith, come to me. I mean, I I mean, no offense to this to the author, but I don't understand how you could b- kind of believe that Finn and Poe are going to be the central of the story. I, don't I mean, know. it's just because they're the leaders now. If you're coming into the story expecting Kylo Ren in the First Order versus the Resistance, you expect the leaders to be like the central parts of the story, but. Also, uh, also, people are dumb. That's just a simple. I mean, I'm not saying that you're dumb if you don't expect Ray and Kylo to be the central part. But I mean, Ryan Johnson told us this already. Like last, he told us this early 2018. I, I 2017, not 2018. Okay. Yeah, I didn't catch that. But I mean, I by this point, like if you don't really understand that Kylo and Ray are going to be the central of the story. I mean, maybe you thought that Finn and Poe were going to be more in the center, in the center, but I mean, yeah, it's 
It's going to be Raylo, guys. I think they are important, though. Oh, yeah, they are I mean, important. obviously, obviously, I think it's just that the whole dynamic between Ray and Kylo are probably... It, they're, it's probably more interesting to write about, to be honest, just simply because there's actual strife there. And between Ray, or but at least between Poe and Finn, they're kind of like... They're going to be on similar pages, if not on the same page. Yeah, I think with everything that's come up in Vanity Fair, like all the evidence points to, yeah, this is, this is definitely going to be about Kylo and Rey. This is the, the, the it's about them. They're, I honestly, the I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they got together, like not like as a relationship, but if they got together like as a team up in the first act. Yeah, that's a whole big thing too. Like in our, if we're making a timeline, like a, just a, a speculation timeline, like where in, where in the three acts are they actually gonna? kind of team up for this i say in the first act is the reluctant team up at towards the end of the first act and second the second act is like ray kind of like oh maybe he is good now oh oh and then they're like oh i have feelings, I have feelings. and then at the last act in the last act it's like we gotta kill palpatine and then she's like oh i don't want to I don't want you to die, Kylo. And then, or I don't want you to die, Ben. And then Ben's like, "Kill me! I don't want to be Palpatine. Just put me out of my misery." And then Ray's like, "Ooh!" And she kills him. And then we're all crying. And then the Force does this weird mumbo jumbo like space Leia, and we're like, "Yay!" That's exactly how it's all gonna play out. Did I just summarize the movie? Just, Disney's gonna come after you now. They're gonna get their snipers ready. This podcast is gonna die before it starts. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, um yeah. Oh, I had something I was gonna say something about something related to leaks. Um can't remember. I now. just leaked the whole movie too. You just leaked the whole so. thing anyway, so I got nothing to say. We're we're done. <laughs> um yeah, well, okay, the last question that we're gonna cover, uh somebody asked, Is Anakin in the movie? And he said, I got nothing. I kind of hope so though. Um, I know you're not a fan of it but I am a fan of Anakin coming back to the movie as a force ghost. And um, I think somebody commented, I think at celebration that somebody actually like asked Hayden Christensen if he was going to be in episode nine. And he just like smirked. He, ne- he didn't say yes or no. Obviously he's not going to say yes or no. Cause you know, duh. But I think it's funny that he smirked and I really want him to come back. Cause I think Anakin returning to this movie kind of makes it come full circle um and i just really want anakin to talk to ben and just like tell him the truth about what happened and how he feels about what happened like hey i'm not vader i never you know that's not something he should admire about him and to kind of go towards the right path and actually be that guiding light that adam said that kylo never had and who better than the guy that kylo had tried to admire this whole time but kind of had it a little bit wrong and it's not the same form that you know anakin is in now because he's if he's a force ghost he's you know obviously on the light side now um so i think that'd be great i really want him to be in it i think i'd be really cool to see i think everybody would start crying i would start crying (laughs) <laughs> and it would just complete the whole saga you know like the whole this is the skywalker saga so it just makes sense for anakin to come back you know what do you think i know you're not the biggest fan about it yeah i mean i just don't want my 
um, I don't want Ray and Kylo to be overshadowed by Anakin. I mean, I they I do think that the whole Skywalker saga is Anakin's story, but we already have an Anakin like creature. 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 <laughs> we already we already have an Anakin like character in the story, and I understand that he will get guidance through Anakin, and that would make sense. But I think it's more powerful if, um, if Kylo makes or Ben makes the decisions on his own. I mean, he'll obviously get guidance from maybe Luke. I think Luke as a Force ghost, maybe, but I don't know. I'm just kind of like... Yeah, there are some rumors I, or leaks that Luke's coming back as a Force ghost. I'm kind of talking to Kyle yeah, about it all. Yeah, I know. About what happened. Yeah, so I think I think it's even more powerful if it's somebody that's actually directly... Um, they're directly in, Kyle, in in Ben's life versus someone who, you know, he's been thinking about his whole life. And I know he has a power. I know Anakin could come back, but um, I don't know. I just, I struggle with it mostly because I don't want Kylo and Rey to be overshadowed. I like get that. They were for The Last Jedi. I mean, yeah. So I still I don't feel know. like you can make it where they won't be overshadowed and still have that. I mean, you can be towards the end. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I feel like I won't be, like, upset or, like, booing the screen <laughs> you won't sign if a petition? Anakin comes on. Is that what you're saying? Uh, maybe I'll start it, <laughs> but we'll see. No, I'm just, I just don't want him to be in the story. Oh, well, no. That's not, not like he's in the story, but that maybe he comes in. Maybe. I know, but I want Kylo to be like, you know what? I think it'd be really I... important to have his perception change. Like, his, how he thought things were. What I'm trying to say is just as powerful as it is, like, let's say how Rey is a nobody, I think it's also as powerful if Kylo, instead of having his family dictate his choices, which they never have, but his family has influenced every decision he's made, like his legacy has, if he breaks free on his own. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I feel like I can still see that happen and have Anakin in there, too. But, you know, that's, yeah. that's cool. That's your opinion. And I mean, like I said, I'm not going to be booing the right. screen if Anakin comes out. <laughs> no, because I, like I've said, this is Anakin's story. Right. But, okay. So, the last thing we're going to hit is this video that where the writer, the writer of the Vanity Fair cover, talks about if there's any major character deaths in the movie. And um, he lets it, he says that somebody let it slip that someone might die. And I think that's probably the same person that Oscar Isaac was talking about because in Celebration there was an interview where they asked him about um, how the Resistance is doing and he talks about how they're in mourning. So we think that it's going to be Leia, right? I mean, at this point it makes the most sense for it to be Leia. Um, I know there was rumors that R2 dies. Yeah, or that, um, that's true the, too. R2, but um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there were some leaks or rumors or something that R2 might have been damaged or he's there's a reason why he's not really around at that moment or in the movie. Um, yeah, I think it could be R2 or Leia or I can't even really think of logically or a good narrative choice for who else could die other than like Leia mostly. I just don't know how they would kind of put that on screen like i know because since you know carrie fisher passed away like how are they gonna handle that respectfully to have her die through um through billy lord i think 
which is hard. I feel like that's going to be really tough. And it probably was tough to film or if I don't know what they're exactly going to do. But, you know, you know yeah, what I, I mean? mean? Like, yeah, because they said that they're using Billy Lord for as a stand in for Leia. Along with other scenes that JJ found from TFA that they could use. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just wondering about what manner, like how is she going to go out? Yeah, I really don't know. And I, I haven't really thought about Leia's role in the story so much because it makes me sad because this was supposed to be her story. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was, I was mentioning to you before, too, like, it'd be great if we can get Ben and, you know, a mother-son moment, you know, before she dies, if she dies in the movie. I did have, like, a low-key hope that they could have Leia live. And maybe have her live on like in the, the movie, in a comics or like a, a novel, some other type of media. But if they do choose to let her die in this movie, I kind of I hope that somehow JJ can pull some magic and have like a mother son moment. I think that'd be super cute. And everybody, nobody would have a dry eye in the theater. Everybody would be crying. I mean, I'm sure if they if they can't pull that off if they don't have anything like that maybe they can have a tarkin-esque billy lord billy yeah like billy lord esque yeah, that might be weird that's what's that's that's what's sad i mean yeah it's weird like i uh, I think for tarkin it was kind of okay because he's been gone for yeah. a long time and they did say they weren't gonna like cgi her anyway yeah, I think they are definitely going to use CGI. It's kind of like the practical effects kind of mode of um, marketing yeah. where you're like, oh, we're using practical effects. None of those crazy green screens from I the think, prequels, yeah. but they used a, a lot real, of. A real respectful way to do it would be if Billy Lord could stand in and maybe like they could do a camera trick, like shoot from the back of her and have like Kylo, I don't know, hug her or something and you wouldn't see her face. I feel like it, it could be possible. It just depends about what JJ can do with what he has. Yeah, and none of them. none of what they none of what they've done is gonna be without the okay from Billy Lord. Oh because yeah, and obviously the that's and the whole family. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm hoping. I mean, it's it's a situation. It, it, it's it's a so it's sad. kind of like a loose loose. It's a loose loose situation. If we get like that's basically it. Like it's a loose loose situation because. Obviously, they don't have Carrie. Yeah, I just don't want her to go out with her, you know, without her, 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 you know, reunion with her son. It'd be so sad if she died before she got that, you know, is what I'm saying. We don't even know if she's going to die, but. We don't know, but just in case, just we in hope case. not. Yeah. All right. We're done. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up. <laughs> You're like, we're done. still listening, we're done. Thank you. We Thanks appreciate it. hanging around. I suggest listening on two times, on two times speed, as I do for all my podcasts. <laughs> but no, but thank you so much for listening to our second episode of um, Jakku Broadcast. We are so excited to start this journey and maybe we'll get shorter episodes. Maybe they'll be longer. It depends on how we much we have know. to talk about. But We talk a lot. Yeah. And so basically, so I'm Daniela. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Mortis Gods on Tumblr and Twitter. And um, yeah, so and like I said, our email is Jacku at Jacku Broadcast at gmail.com. So if you want to contact us through there or the Jacku Broadcast Twitter, the Jacku Broadcast Tumblr. And Melissa, how can we find you? 
So on Twitter, you can find me as Abandoned Porg, Abandoned Porg on Twitter. And then on Tumblr, I am Abandoned Sock. So two different things, Sock and Porg. Um, yeah, you could totally find me there. Um, please follow me. <laughs> I have like no followers on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise you can find us on the Jakku Broadcast Twitter together. Yeah, and if you would like, if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes, that would be awesome. We haven't had a review, I don't think so. Um, Yeah, so thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. And let us know what you think and how we could, you think we can improve. And Yes, please give us some constructive criticism. We want to be able to, you know, make Get a, better. A, good, a good podcast for y'all. Um, yeah. Not just us rambling <laughs> all day without considering if we're actually interesting to listen to. Yeah. And yeah. So basically, thank you and have a good day. Good all right. Bye. Bye.